Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, don't, don't <laughs> let me stop you. If you want to go a little lower, tease some people of those great pectoral muscles you have, don't, don't be scared. <laughs> go ahead, do it. We need, to do this. we need to do this podcast more than once a week, man. I think every day would be much better for my ego. <laughs> Oh, yeah, baby. What's up? It's the Chris Sims Unbuttoned Podcast. And I'm from New Jersey. And you might have heard of Paulie D. Well, I got my own Paulie. He's Paulie B, okay? He likes to show (laughs) his chest sometimes. I'm good. You don't do like, I don't want to see you frosting your tips or wearing gold chains or anything like that. No, 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 Uh, no. You're cool, but I don't know if you're that versatile. Sorry. No, that, that, I will not make that effort. No, no jewelry and no dyeing of the hair either. I'm, I'm, I'm remaining mostly gray. So no Good. frosting there. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you're doing that first off. I mean, that's Thank to you. me. You know, I mean, just go with it. Be au natural. You're a good, handsome Good looking guy. I mean, you're not fooling us if you dye your hair brown and all of a sudden we're going to go, oh, he's 35 years old. Look at that guy. Right. I know. I don't understand that. I don't the get problem it. is, though, my wife, who is normally 100% supportive with all this stuff, she started to drop a couple hints that may, may, you know, maybe just a little, just a little bit lighter, just be subtle. And I'm, so I'm fighting that here at home. I appreciate your support Ooh. down there. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough battle, though. I don't know if I, I can know. help you with the support from here. Yeah, you yeah, know, you might have to just, you might have to buckle to the wife and just do what she says. That that is normally the way things go. And in, in case you were wondering, speaking of superficial things, how the hell are you so much more tan than me? What are you doing? Um, I have a thirteen-year-old and a nine-year-old, and I've got fourteen I am and one of the. Well, I know I don't know, but I'm just I'm also one of the whitest human beings on the planet, which you are too. <laughs> I've been outside a lot lately, though, a lot, and like stupidly out there in the middle of the day without any sunscreen on. So can't do that. Yeah, I've had some some moments of like I just avoided being like badly burned. So now, yeah, it looks like a tan. Uh, We'll see if I can keep it going. I think I got enough of a base though, where I shouldn't get burned for the summer. We'll see. Right. We'll see. You you are you're good for the rest of the summer. If you if you want the name and number of my dermatologist though to kind of keep things at bay, let me know. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't want to know right now. Okay. I just want to enjoy my life. And then, you know, yeah. when I hit 50, I'll go in to see all my skin problems then. Uh, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm already damaged, Paul. I played football <laughs> at Texas true. and Tampa. It just doesn't get any hotter than that. No, you're you can right. put all the sunscreen yeah. you want. You're going to, your ass is going to burn when you're as white as me. 
Hey, we have some quarterbacks with some Texas flavor today. Top five. It seems like we just started back at 40 earlier in the summer and our final five quarterbacks here today. We're going at it. Last five quarterbacks. I, uh, I'm excited to talk about all the, the, the top five here. And I'll also say I'm exhausted about top, talking about my I top bet. 40 quarterbacks. You know, it's exhausting. It's emotionally exhausting. You know, I have I'm to defend myself. I'm tired of people tweeting me. Right, right. People get right. mad at me because I'm next to you. Come I have on. to defend myself to the nation. Then I have to defend myself to certain to specific dad. cities and their quarterbacks. You know, I go on there. And the best, this is the best thing is I will go on nationwide. I might rank a quarterback and everybody's like, oh, you ranked him too high. That's ridiculous. He shouldn't be that high. And then I go on a radio station in that city and that, that city goes, you ranked him too low. You're an idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> so you just, you just go, okay, I can't win. I can't win. I don't know. There's nothing where, and I'm just, I'm sick of uh, arguing my points, I guess, is where I'm exhausted. Uh, and I, I won't be disappointed when it is all done. But this is a good, a good one today. Of course, we got the, the five big, you know, five big timers uh, to mm. talk about today. I think all of that was just a, a disguised ask for me to read you some complaints on social media. That, that's basically sure. what you were getting at, right? Yeah, yeah. thanks for okay. softening me up. Go ahead. Let it go. <laughs> so last time you were on, uh, late last week, it was 10 through 6, I believe. And as we get closer and closer uh, to the top five and number one, it feels like these the, the opinions get stronger. So some reaction here from the homies. Number 10, that's where you had Cam Newton. M. Gilroy yeah. 9 says... What does Cam do better than Kyler at this point in their careers? To go well, ahead. Okay. I mean, certainly, you know, I, I, that's a good question. I think Cam Newton's played a lot more football and proven to be, you know, more consistent at a high level than a guy like Kyler Murray to this point. I mean, we see the potential in Kyler Murray. We know he has big talent, but I've seen Cam Newton – carry a franchise basically until this last year and a half for seven years straight with a bunch of guys that, you know, most of us can't name, you know, Paul, who was his best receiver in the Super Bowl team when they went there in Super Bowl 50, right? It was his tight yeah. end, Greg Olson. Yeah. Right. Greg Olson, right. And that's not a wide receiver. So that doesn't classify as an answer, but that's what I want to <laughs> tell people, you know, you know, Ted Ginn just Jr. Think, oh, who, okay, Ted Gidd Jr., yep, who <laughs> dropped a pass over the middle and caused an interception for him when they were going down to score in the Super Bowl. So, you know, again, I think Cam Newton still being very dynamic running the ball and can run the ball in a different manner and fashion than Kyler Murray. I mean, we're talking about the greatest short yardage runner in the history of the sport at the quarterback position for sure with Cam Newton. And, of course, his ability to still – push the ball consistently, accurately down the field is special. And Kyler Murray, there's a lot to like there, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's better than Cam Newton yet at some of the nuances at the position, the experience, and things like that. There's a good chance you were asked this follow last week, so if it's a repeat, I apologize. But where would you like to see Cam end up, if you could pick one team? Uh yeah, it's, I mean, to me, I mean, just looking at it right now, okay, with what's said, I mean, still Jacksonville is the only one that makes sense. You know, hey, I'd love to go, I'd love to see him in New England with Bill Belichick, but they're going with Stidham. They love him. You know, there's a bunch of other teams. I would have loved to have seen him on the Bears before free agency started. To me, that yeah. made sense in a lot of ways. 
Same with the Chargers before the drafting of Justin Herbert. So those were teams I was excited about then. But right now, you know, there's no defined spot or spot that just jumps out to me other than Jacksonville. And they have a guy that they believe they think they, or at least right now, can build on into the future. So they're not willing to give that experiment up for Cam Newton at this point either. So uh, that's the only one that makes sense to me. If I was running the Jaguars, Paul, I would have signed Cam Newton. I'm sorry. I like Gardner Minshew and everything about right, that. I know you do. But, yeah. but Cam Newton's a, a game changer. He's an organization changer the second he gets in your locker room. And I remember all the good things he had to say about Gardner Minshew when we talked about that earlier. He, he was a big riser. Obviously, wasn't rated last year. So it's not that you don't like Gardner Minshew. But, hey, if you have Cam Newton in the top 10 and he's not signed, uh, that's understandable. Your turn at 9-8 and eight raised a lot of reaction. You have Matthew Stafford at number 9 and Dak Prescott at 8. Let's start with Stafford. M. Parham 15 says, Love you, love your work and your podcast, but why isn't Stafford above Dak and Ryan? He has a better arm than Dak, more experienced than Dak, just as tough and can carry a team like Dak. Way more talented than Ryan, can carry the load just like Ryan. You got to explain this one to me. Yeah, sure. Okay, it's a good question. And those are real questions that, listen, I tossed around in my own brain. You know, hey, Matt Stafford, a little bit, you know, there is the injury thing there with him. Again, and I'm not, I don't think he's on the point of a career where I'm looking at it and go, oh no, it's danger time. You know, I still think he's going to be fine moving forward, but there's that aspect. You know, there's the aspect of the 2018 season being one of the worst of his career to that point. So yes, last year, as great as it was, and I went, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I recognized Stafford's talent and everything. It was only half the season. And you know, the 16 games before that were below average Matthew Stafford type play where I've talked about it. I think he had a real tough time at first adjusting to the culture of what Matt Patricia wanted to do on the offensive side of the ball and all of that. Then, okay, so now you get into the Dak Prescott thing and all that. And Matthew Stafford's arm is certainly, he's a more talented passer than Dak Prescott. You're never going to hear me argue that. But Dak Prescott's more talented than everybody in the nation is giving him credit for as a thrower. I mean, he is a big-time deep ball thrower. He can make more plays on the run and outside the pocket than a guy like Matt Stafford. Also, there is the effects of him and what he can bring to the run game as well. I mean, we see in big games, they give him the ball with quarterback design runs. and big moments and goal line situations, they do that. In big games, they use him as a decoy to do that, to help out, you know, uh, Zeke Elliott. So I think it's all those things out of the fact that Dak Prescott's never missed a game and, and all of that. And I think one guy, Dak, is especially trending upwards. And Matthew Stafford's at that point of his career where he's plateaued a little bit. And I'll say I think Dak is a little bit better of a leader as well uh, overall. I think How he brings so? a certain little... Well, I think Dak is, you know, from everything I know, one of the hardest workers on the team, holds other people accountable, you know, does not try to play the on the star card or anything like that. And neither does Matthew Stafford. But Matthew Stafford, we've heard even just in the last year or two where he's talked about, I want to be more of a vocal leader. I want to be more of the general in charge. And I think that's something that's not necessarily natural to him either. So he's kind of trying to work on that aspect of his playing as well. 
So that's why I go with it there. Now, Stafford, Dak Prescott, more talented than Matt Ryan. I don't doubt. But this is not about the talent list. This is not about total talent. You know, when you talk about Matt Ryan, we're talking about unbelievably precise passing and unbelievable quick decisions in the passing game that are equal to Rodgers and Breeze and Brady that way. To where, like Matt Ryan, I kind of talked about this a little earlier today, and, and, and Carson Wentz has this too, to where they can almost look one way, kind of like want to throw it, not like it, and as they're turning to evaluate the other side of the field, they can almost start their throwing motion and evaluate the defense as they're in that motion and Matt Ryan can make a throw while all that's going on and then put it on the money. So there's that aspect of it where he's surgical that way, okay? He's had a shit offensive line, a shit run game, a shit defense. It's all on him every week. And really what I would say to the biggest thing, and again, I know it's not sexy because he's kind of gangly and he doesn't look that cool in his uniform, but holy shit balls, Batman, does Matt Ryan make a ton of plays that are in the pocket? Okay, and I'm in my chair right now, but he's moving around and hopping up and moving this way. And, oh, I'm getting hit and throwing it over there. I mean, he does so many things like that. When you watch a game of his and you go, man, you know, that was an unbelievable 10-yard completion. That was an unbelievable 12-yard completion where you just go – you know, that's his experience, his knowing how to touch the ball, when to get it out of his hands, all those things I just think, you know, to me is really impressive. And that's why I give Matt Ryan just a slight edge, Paulie. I mean, it's slight over guys like Dak Prescott and Matt Stafford. Prescott and Stafford are more talented, but they don't play to the position to the ultimate way I think that Matt Ryan does quite yet. Okay. And I think that's where Matt Ryan kind of separates himself to me. Okay, so Matt Ryan at seven. Um, this Dak Prescott at eight and Carson Wentz at six woke up a lot of NFC East fans. I don't know if they were sleeping or not, but they certainly uh, took attention. Um, roughly a dozen Cowboys fans sense, uh, said something very similar to this. We're just summing it up. How is Wentz ahead of Dak? How is he ahead of him? Yeah, well, because he's, I for one, I think more talented. He's every bit as the good of the decision maker. At no point has his offense been, you know, has he been surrounded by the talent that Dak Prescott has. And I think Carson Wentz is capable of doing more, more with less. You know, Carson Wentz, again, has a little bit, first off, I think he's a better thrower and a better passer than Dak Prescott. And when I mean thrower, I mean, I think power throws of 20-yard out routes, go routes, deep crosses. I think he's one of the best in football at that stuff. He can deliver the ball in a lot of different ways over Dak Prescott. He's every bit as good a runner, like a true runner. And I would say he's a better scrambler. Okay. So because of all those aspects, yeah, I, I think Carson Wentz is one of those guys like we saw at the end of last year. He can, he can get a cast of nobodies and throw them on his shoulder and say, eh, I'll, I'll find a way to win this game. It might not be pretty, but I'm going to make a handful of plays that all of you are out there are going to go, Holy shit, what a play that was. And he does that with, like I said, guys that are just weren't that special last year. So I think, you know, Carson Wentz, his only negative to me is like, yes, a little bit careless with his body, right? Uh, but at the same time, 
he has to tote that line a little bit if he wants the offense to be successful. He doesn't have, like, one of the best running backs and one of the best offensive lines at his disposal uh, on a weekly basis. He doesn't have an Amari Cooper, you know. And so th- those, those are issues for a quarterback. But, yeah, Carson Wentz has had to tote that line because he knows he has to play a dangerous style of football for them to win the game, which has led them, you know, to some injuries. But I would just say this at the very end. The top end, what we saw from Carson Wentz the last eight weeks of the year last year, what we've seen in 2017 when Carson Wentz should have been the MVP of football, right? To mm-hmm. me, the Dak Prescott has never reached that level of type of play to me. No, not with the decision-making, the playmaking, uh, some of the throws that are off schedule, and then some of the throws that are designed for him because the, co- the coach goes, hey, I got a fucking stud back here. I'm going to roll him out to the right 20 yards, and I'm going to run a deep post across the field 40 yards the other way, and my guy will hit it. And I think that speaks volumes to what they think they got in Philly, too, as a talent as far as Carson Wentz. Okay, so this isn't full-blown lather, but I think you've broken a sweat defending last week's picks. You're all you're, you're warmed up and ready to roll for the top five here. And each one of these groupings that we've had, Chris, has been fun. Uh, but obviously, this is the one we've all been looking forward to. I'm excited about it. We have one through five. We've had four. You and I have only had four quarterbacks each day in the past, so we get five today. Obviously, it begins at number five. Take it away. Lamar Jackson, the MVP of football. And yes, there I am, Tiger King, a.k.a. the Chicken <laughs> King, okay? Leave that up there. Uh, yeah, you like that, don't you? Uh, but, yes. hey, we know Lamar Jackson, awesome, exciting, one of the most explosive players in football, certainly dangerous in so many different ways. The skill set is vast. You know, I mean, we know the running is electric. It's as good as anybody we've ever seen in football at the quarterback position other than Michael Vick. You know, the throwing, hey, the throwing continues to go on an upward arc. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, he's a natural thrower. This is the one thing I think, you know, and this is where I know when he was coming out of Louisville, I sang his praises and for a long time said he was the best quarterback in the draft because that's what I saw, Paul. I saw a quarterback who wanted to throw in the pocket and deliver the ball to his wide receivers. And then when things broke down, he said, hey, I'm out of here. I'm going to run, right? And I do mean he's a natural thrower, Paul. I think he's one of those guys. He can pick up a baseball, football, whatever object, skip rocks on a lake, whatever you want to do. I think if we went out and threw it with him, we go, man, that sucker can throw the ball. Woo, he can throw the rock, whatever it is. He can do it all. Now, the negative, is he a polished passer yet? No, I think that's where, you know, there's a little difference there. And people might go, well, what do you mean? He's a great thrower, but not a polished passer. Yeah, okay. So, you know, a great thrower, hey, strong arm, can pick it up and just, he can throw spirals and rockets and he can throw it sidearm. He can jump in the air and throw it and still hit the target. But polished, and when I'm talking polished, I'm talking, okay, pockets clean, you know, five-step drop, you got to hit the 10-yard out. No, there's still inconsistencies with that. You know, hey, pocket's clean. There's a slant route open. Yeah, you completed it, but the guy had a stop in his tracks, and it just ended up being a five-yard completion. And instead, if you hit him on the numbers and let him run, it might have been a 30-yard completion. You know, I think a number of throws like that. And sometimes the inappropriate trajectory on the ball, too, where you'd go, 
oh, why did he throw the laser there? If he just touched that over the linebacker, that's going to be a big completion. Or vice versa, where you go, oh, I don't understand why he lobbed that ball up and let the safety make a play on it when he could have thrown a laser in between two dropping linebackers and that safety wouldn't have had anything to do with it. So to me, it's just those nuances that are holding back Lamar Jackson. And I think they're conquerable. He's gotten better at it. I've seen it already. But I think that's what keeps him at five for me at this moment and why I won't put him into that top four and ahead of some of the guys we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. He was 30 last year and obviously 25 spots with his jump. That's the biggest of any quarterback on your top 40 list. Um, I'm going to play the other side here a little bit. I mean, there was a stretch October, November, December, majority of the season last year where you watch him. And it didn't look to me like there were four quarterbacks better during that three-month stretch. So why not even you. higher? Well, I get you. No, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, when you just look at the stats and the machine of which Baltimore was, and, of course, he took advantage of a lot of plays that were there to be had, you went, well, well this guy is amazing. This is, this is awesome. But I think it goes back a little bit to, you know, that passing element I'm talking about. You know, first off, you know, they're a machine. And, and listen, you know, they're a really well-built football team. They're certainly capable, like we saw, of physically dominating people. Um, and, hey, listen, there's two sides of this story, I guess, is what I want to say a little statistically with Lamar Jackson. You know, because of his ability to run the football, you know, and their ability to put the right pieces around him to build this special offense in Baltimore, yes, it puts defenses in a tough spot sometimes where they just go, we got to put nine guys at the line of scrimmage or we can't stop the run game here. And then because of that, we look at it and go, whoa, there's Lamar Jackson. He threw for four touchdown passes. He's an amazing thrower. Look at this, blah, 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 blah. And I want to go, yeah, he's a really good thrower. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, his great running ability is setting up some great passing looks sometimes too to maybe fool us into thinking he's a little bit better of a thrower than he is. I guess that's what okay. I'm trying to say, right, Paul? You know, yeah, and I think there's, there's, yeah, and there's two things too. Just the playoff football, okay, the last two years. This is what really jumps out to me, and this is why he's really five. And this is why I think he's got to improve as a pocket passer and be better this way. You know, when teams, the Chargers two years ago, the Tennessee Titans last year, when they had a good feel for that Baltimore Ravens run game, and didn't get physically dominated by it. And now, okay, we've got our feet underneath us to stop this run game and everything like that. We can err on playing the pass a little bit now because we've started to slow that part of the attack. Lamar Jackson, I don't think, is quite ready to carry the team with his right arm, Paul. That's mm-hmm. what I'm, That's basically what I'm saying. That's, to me, just the last piece we need to see from him to where, yeah, maybe he could be the number one, number two quarterback next year. Because you brought up the postseason, and it's been in the news a little bit here recently with with Lamar and Coach Harbaugh also talking about uh, a little bit about the failure in the playoffs against the Titans last year. How much of that do you put on him? How much of the blame do you put on Jackson for the fact that not only that they lost, Chris, I mean, there's certain parts of that he could do nothing about, but the passing game and the point scoring was so far below the average that they'd established. Yeah, well, and to me, that's a little bit, and I don't want to blame all Lamar Jackson, but to me, that's, again, just speaking to the bigger point of why I got him number five. Because, yeah, there we are. Oh, we weren't bludgeoning him with the run game. Our defense wasn't dominating. 
and all of a sudden we couldn't get in the end zone and score touchdowns or make big plays in the pass game. Uh, and, you know, I don't put it all on Lamar. You know, first off, I think the team laid an egg a little bit in the Tennessee Titans game this year. I think also a little bit of like just, you know, human natural emotions came into it where I think they saw, whoa, the Patriots are out of here and we're going to play, you know, we're going to play Houston or Tennessee Titans in the divisional round. We already blew out Houston. We Titans are nine and seven. We're 14 and two. Man, let's get ready for the Chiefs because we're going to be playing them in the AFC championship game. Do I think that happened to them a little bit? Yeah, I think they got a little excited once they knew New England was out. And do I think John Harbaugh mismanaged a few situations in that game on the fourth downs? Yes, I do. I think they panicked a little when they got down early because they were so like, we're used to just steamrolling teams. How This team's beating us? What the hell's going mm-hmm. on? So I think that kind of funneled downhill into a lackluster performance. And then the same thing the year before. Again, it was Lamar's rookie year. They were still experimenting with that offense and getting used to it. But the Chargers had seen it earlier in that year. And now their second time around, they were used to some of the tricks of the offense and the run game and things like that. And Baltimore and Lamar at that point weren't ready to open up and let Lamar throw it 50 times a game if that be the case, you know, like we saw against the Tennessee Titans in the divisional game. So I don't put it on Lamar, but I certainly think it's an aspect of his game that could use some polish, like I said. He improves in that area. He'll be about as unstoppable as we've ever seen at the quarterback position. You look at a number of ways to evaluate the Ravens offense, uh, points, wins, Lamar's individual numbers, super impressive. But if, if you really want to look at something to pick at, you look out wide and the wide receiver production for Baltimore, average at best, if not below yes. average, those tight ends towered over them in terms of what they were producing is that more their talents or the scheme that's lacking or something about you referenced it earlier about Lamar not quite being a polished passer yet? Well, I, I think, no, I think that they haven't, I think you bring up a great point first off. And I think you're right. They've been a little undermanned at the wide receiver position, you know, also within that, I don't think they want to worry about being like the greatest show on turf at wide receiver You know, they want to win games with their tight ends and their physicality and the Lamar Jackson factor of, is he going to run? Is he going to throw? You don't know what the hell we're going to do. But I think, again, yes, with a guy like Marquise Hollywood Brown in year two, who's going to attract a lot of attention, getting Duvernay from Texas in the draft, I think he's going to be a piece that, like, really fits how they want to play football, right? Um, So I think the thing is, Again, they're never going to be looking to be like the Kansas City Chiefs or the St. Louis Rams and the greatest show on turf. But I think they're slowly improving that position. And the stats are never going to tell all the story about Lamar Jackson, the passing game stats altogether. But again, I think this is a year where Baltimore is going to have to think about, do we really want to run Lamar Jackson as much as we did last year? And I would say no, maybe in the big games, but I think they got to take the pedal off the metal a little bit in that department and start to grow him as that passer that we're talking about, because I think it's only going to help them come playoff time. And finally, if if you were a defensive coordinator, one of the three defensive coordinators in the AFC North, you know, you're going to see him at least twice next year to make Baltimore's offense, try to beat you. Let's say left-handed. Are you loading up and saying Lamar's not beating us with the run? We're designing a scheme that tries to take away the run Or are you prioritizing limiting the tight end production? Because as we talked about, that's really where they're going with the pass. Yeah, well, it's definitely those two things, 
you're right about that. I mean, it is. It's one of those two you pick and go. And I think, you know, more than anything, you probably need to worry about the run, okay? Not only, hey, Lamar Jackson, you know, the other running backs they have, certainly. But when they get that rolling, it just becomes impossible to stop anything else. Because then the play-action passes and the bootlegs have such an effect on a defense to where, I mean, you and me sometimes could could throw to some of these people. They're so wide open the way they dominate in the run game. Um, so to me, it would start with the run game. To me, the, the, the right way to play is a little bit, you know, a San Francisco 49ers type of style of defense that showed them some issues. You know, not necessarily man-to-man because you can't play Baltimore man-to-man a lot because – you know, you've got a, man, a guy guarding the, the tight end, a guy guarding the tailback, and all of a sudden they're crossing up on the back side, you know, the back of the formation. And if you're playing man, you're going to have guys, linebackers and safeties running into each other. So you have to be very careful about that. That's the Lamar Jackson effect. But I also think what would do, I would play zones, safeties down in the box, try to stop the run game and try to say within that, hey, the safety's down the middle. We got a deep safety in the middle. Maybe that scares you from the tight end stuff down the middle and maybe forces Lamar to go, hey, go outside. Look, there's Hollywood Brown one-on-one with one of our guys. We'll let you have that. If you can beat us with that, then, hey, then, then we're beat. But, you know, you got you to see it to believe it or you got to prove it to us. And that's probably how I would attack Lamar at this point. Lamar Jackson, fifth best quarterback in the NFL. It's crazy to think, Chris, that he was the it's fifth crazy. quarterback taken in that class. I know. Right? I know. Yes. Hey, I was, I was leading the charge. I know you were on top of it. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. I was. And then, listen, I'll even say I backed off a little bit because I got such a backlash. I'm sure. Not from yeah. the fans and the media, Paul, but from people in the NFL. Coaches. Yeah, mm. which I was like man, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's more to this kid that I don't know about. Maybe he's a bad kid or, you know, maybe he's stupid. You start to think all those type of things, but we know that's not the case. So mm-hmm. yeah, there was, I don't know, some sort of, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to put it, but obviously they yeah, didn't right. see the talent of what Lamar yeah. Jackson had and what he could bring to the NFL. Baltimore did and they're reaping the benefits. All right, bringing us to number four. Another quarterback, if there was a redraft, would go much higher than he actually did in that first round. So who is your fourth quarterback? Deshaun Watson. He's so freaking awesome. That's my guy right there. I don't know if you knew that was my song of him either, right? I don't know how no, I got I that No, I enjoyed song. that. That was good. Yeah, good, good. I know it's one of my greatest yeah. hits. You know, it's a platinum selling, <laughs> selling album. Um, <laughs> but man, Deshaun Watson, franchise leader, I mean, just, they don't come more talented, more cool under pressure than Deshaun Watson. Where do I want to start with him? I think the first thing I'll, I would talk about with him, go ahead, go ahead. You do it. Tell me. I said, I'll start with a question. Uh, and yeah. for a lot of these quarterbacks, I've got a bunch of things written down. I don't have much else besides this. Cause it's so much on my mind with him. No DeAndre Hopkins means what for him? Okay, that's, that's a good question. I think in a lot of ways, you know, at first there might be an adjustment period. I really think this could be a gift, though. This could be like a good thing for the Houston Texans in a lot of ways. And I think a really positive thing for Deshaun Watson and his continued development to 
challenge being one of the best quarterbacks in football? Because we know, you and I both know, we've watched quarterbacks. He's right there. I mean, he's special. Now, I think this is what I like. And this is one of the negatives of Hopkins. I mean, not Hopkins, Watson. To me, you know, DeAndre Hopkins uh, was a great thing real early on in his career for Deshaun Watson. But as I think it went on, it sometimes hindered Watson's ability to look at the whole field, read the whole play out, look at other receivers and try to get them the football. You know, now I think they're going to have a little bit more of a, of a, an attack by everybody. Like, okay, it's Brandon Cooks. Whoa, it's Kenny Stills. Whoa, it's Will Fuller. Whoa, it's Randall Cobb. Who the hell do we stop? Who is the go-to guy? So I think it's going to be done by more by committee this year. And where I wanted to say it's a little where, you know, again, I think it might be a little bit negative with Watson. And to me, this is one of his only negatives of his play. You know, he is a little reckless at times, right? I've said this before, you know, almost it's like every play is like the last play of the game. He's scrambling around and breaking tackles and throwing it and getting hit as he gets throws it. And you're just like, whoa, dude, it's there's 14 minutes left in the first quarter. We're already playing like this. And what I think leads to that at times is maybe uh, an ability to just leave the pocket a hair quick. And when I say that, you know, it's like this. It's like, hey, DeAndre Hopkins, whoa, he's not open. Okay, let me get outside the pocket and make a play. And when I went back and watched film, there's just a number of plays where I'm going to go, okay, yeah, you know, Hopkins isn't open, but you didn't need to, like, leave the pocket so abruptly and go. You know, yeah, the pocket wasn't perfect, but just slide because number two's open. Number three's open. You're going to hit them. It's going to be a big game. And I think there are some completions missed because of that. And I think sometimes what they lead to, too, is more throwaways and sacks than a guy like Deshaun Watson should have. So to me, it's really uh, one of the negatives of him. And I think maybe Hopkins not being there could maybe – you know, start putting it on more of a positive path to where he uses the committee more than instead of looking for one guy so much. Okay, a couple of things there. First of all, uh, for all the fans out there still complaining about DeAndre Hopkins not being there, and hey, on the surface, and maybe beyond the surface, that is kind of a crazy trade to give up your best playmaker. But it, it, maybe it's not crazy to think that Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, David Johnson, the three new playmakers, might equal into a more well-rounded passing offense than just one superstar. I, I think so. And, you know, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I, I would right, argue yeah. he's the best receiver in football. But I don't think it's good when your offense has one guy that has 105 receptions and then the next guy's got 49. You yeah. know, that's, that's not going to beat the elite defenses in football when they just know, hey, three out of every four big plays in the game, the ball's going to go to that guy. That's not mm-hmm. going to get it done. You need more than that. So I do think the, the, the committee approach at receiver, and still these guys are they're talented. They're good, they're, yeah. So that's good, right? And, Paul, I think they've really improved their offensive line. You know, the two guys they took last year early in the draft, in the 2019 draft, you know, they played good as rookies. They're going to be players this year. And, of course, we know they have Laramie Tunzel. And this is the biggest thing to Texans fans out there. You can't play Laramie Tunzel $22 million a year, Deshaun Watson $38 million a year, which is somewhere about where he's probably going to get, and then have DeAndre Hopkins making $22 million a year. I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to field a team in Houston if that's the case. 
So they knew that situation was about to come about. And that's why they got out of the Hopkins thing too. But, you know, Watson, he fixes some of those things we're talking about and can maybe mm-hmm. be a little bit more of a precise short ball thrower, like in the quick game, three-step game. If he fixes that stuff, sky's the limit. You know, it's another guy like Lamar Jackson where I go, he could challenge to be the best, best quarterback in the game. He's an unbelievable deep ball thrower. He's got unbelievable toughness. And when the play breaks down, you could argue Deshaun Watson as good as anybody in football making something happen when nothing's there or it's bad pass protection or nobody's open. I mean, he's a magician that way, and he's very special. Vegas has the Colts and the Titans favored to win the AFC South over the Texans. Do you think that's an example of people overreacting to the DeAndre Hopkins trade? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. You know, I mean, yeah, what do we, this is, uh, let me just see. This is the sixth year in a row we're going to count the Texans out of the playoff conversation, <laughs> and they're going to go to the playoffs maybe for the, you know, I'm not yeah. counting them out. Not with Deshaun Watson there and Billy O'Brien. You can say what you want. He, his teams are tough and physical every year. J.J. Watt's still there. They got the proper leadership. They're battle-tested, you know, and I, with that guy at quarterback, they're going to be in the thick of things. Do I think their team from top to bottom is as good as the Colts or the Titans right now? No, I probably don't. But the guy they got into the quarterback is the great equalizer that makes that gap very, very, very small. And if you get late in the fourth quarter and you're the Titans or the Colts and you're giving the ball to Deshaun Watson late in the game, hey, that's great. Your team's better. Now try to go stop the guy that's the best player on the field, and that's not going to be easy. I'm going to give you a chance now to back up here and finish where you tried to start. I was anxious with asking my question about, okay, so now what's he going to look like without DeAndre Hopkins? I think you were about to finish your sentence or to start. You say, and the best thing about him is, and I kind of cut you off. So no, nah, um, I think we what, got it all in. What is your I think best? The best? Yeah. The best thing about him is he is arguably one of the best deep ball throwers in football. You know, that's okay. to me where I just think he's special. You know, they, they design plays for him to throw the ball down the field. The degree of difficulty of the throws he's asked to make a lot. Uh, they're, not, they're not easy throws. And, yeah, I think with his ability to how he can throw the ball so high in the air, so he can do it different ways. He can throw a 50-yard bomb where it's just a quick little banana up and down. And then he can throw a 50, 60-yard bomb where – you know, it's the, the arches of St. Louis where it goes way up in the air and just falls out of the sky. He can do it any which way that way. And to me, that's where he's special. And that's where he really stresses defenses out because we know he can scramble. But then you got to go, well, shit, we better worry about the other 50 yards behind us, too, because he can bombs hmm. it away over us that way, too. And that's, to me, the thing he probably does best. Okay, here we are at five, Lamar Jackson, four to Sean Watson. So, uh Everybody can connect the dots. You know who the three are coming up. In some order, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. So who is it at number three? Oh, I almost want to cry, but I can't believe it. Yep. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. I think you're the greatest quarterback of all time. But in 2020, you're number three. How is that? uh, Oh, man. Hurts me to say it, man. Hurts and, me to say it. And, Chris, he's the only one of these quarterbacks in the top five who dropped. How'd this happen? What? 
what an asshole I am. How do yeah. I do that? Bad guy. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I know. What a bad from guy. From one to three. Uh, from one yeah. to three, why? And I will say, you know, unequivocally, this is the first time I think since 2010 that I'm going into a season where I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. I don't. And to me, you know, again, uh, we'll get into some of the special, but why did he fall to three? All right, well, there's two guys in front of him who are really special and in the primes of their career. Rodgers, he's on that part where it's starting to just go downhill. Still special. Hmm. But, like, just to say, just to get into why I dropped him down two spots, okay? You know, one, do I think skills are declining a little bit? Yes. Like, did I notice his 104-mile-per-hour fastball dropped to 102 this year. Yes, doesn't matter. Still a special arm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it. It's still one of the best arms in the game. Okay, but I did notice it. His escapability, I think, it was a little less than average this year. Or not less, less than him, what we normally see from him. His ability to bounce around and escape that way. And then just his pure actual running. I thought there was a few runs this year where I went, ooh, Rodgers two years ago turns the corner and that's a 20 yard gain. Rodgers this year, he got tripped up and he stumbled and fell and got a one yard gain. So I noticed that, but here's probably my biggest thing with Rodgers. Okay. It's just, I think he's too careful with the football. I think that's the biggest reason uh, or the biggest thing about his game that I don't like right now. And you know, you remember you, we saw that little spat between him and, and LaFleur early in the year, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, that's what it was about. LaFleur said, man, there was a guy open on a 20-yard in cut. He was open. Why didn't you throw it to mm -hmm. him? And I think Rodgers, because of, you know, one, he had a play like that for a while in Green Bay, and it's kind of the style he's used to. You know, two, yeah, I think he's a little careful in times where I want to go, wait, within the normal rhythm of the five-step, take a hitch and throw to number one, that guy was open. Yeah, the window was tight, but you're freaking Aaron Rodgers. Throw it in there. And I saw times where, oh, oh, it's a little too tight. I'm going to move around, try to make something happen. And then nothing happens. Or then he has to throw it away. And uh, to me, that's just little things. Again, this is Aaron Rodgers. We're being picky about all these guys in the top five. Sure. Special. Yeah. But those are just some of the negatives to Rodgers. And we'll talk about the positives here in a second after you want to ask me a few questions. Yeah, and the way you were just explaining him that he's a little too careful. I remember we were talking about one or two quarterbacks in the last month or so, and you really wanted them to be more bold down the field. You're like, yeah, I know the numbers are decent, but I'd rather they took a dip and he took more chances. And I've got some numbers here circled, and one is 51 to 6. That's his touchdown to interception ratio the last two years. Somebody could say that's the best thing he's done, the best part yes. of his game the last two years. Maybe you're pointing out that he'd be better off or the team would be better off if it wasn't 51 to 6. I, I am. I'm definitely saying that. You know, and again, this is the greatest gunslinger we've seen in the history of the sport who takes care of the football. That's what's amazing about Aaron Rodgers and still does that. And, you know, listen, he'll win you a lot of games. And he really doesn't lose you any games because of that, too, certainly. And it's the greatest touchdown to interception ratio in the history of the NFL. And it's not even right. close to who's number two. Right. I mean, it's so all those things you're saying, very true, no doubt about it. But 
I think in an offense that does lacks big time explosive playmakers, he's got to be that guy to do it. And I think he's at a point in time where, you know, for a lot of years, yeah, okay, hey, if that little hole like I was talking about was open and he didn't want to fire it in there and take a chance, you know, he was so talented that he could dance around and scramble and still buy four more seconds. And then he made an unbelievable throw. And you were like, well, it didn't matter that he passed that guy up. He actually got something better. That's unreal. But I think at this point of his career, I think he's rolling the dice on those scenarios at this point now to where it's not always going to come out in the other end and we're going to go, whoa, he got something better. Hmm. It could be, oh, no, no, you got something worse. You should have took that 10-yard completion. It was there and he didn't want to do it. And to me, yeah, I just think there's some plays when you go back and watch just in the normal rhythm of the offense where I just wish he would stick with what he was taught and not hold the ball and look for a safer type throw. Now, listen, Paul, in a lot of ways – he had a play like this for a long time, and it's hard to break those kind of things. They couldn't right. do anything on offense for years. They weren't schematically, you know, uh, creative. They didn't always have great talent. So it was on Rodgers just to make it happen. And because of that, he knew he couldn't throw balls into a crowd and have it pop up in the air and interception, or they couldn't win games. But he also knew he was talented to pass up some of those things and make something else happen. And I just don't know if that's the case anymore. So, hey. Guy's still amazing. I'm certainly not right. trying to say anything other than that. Well, understandable, yeah. I, I'm going to take the two main points that I, I heard you come back to, the, the, the two themes. Number one, doesn't make plays outside the pocket with his legs as well as he used to. One of the reasons yeah. he slipped here. Number two, plays a little bit too conservative. Let's take those two things, apply them to their two biggest failures last year because there weren't many. They were 13-3. and three. They did win a playoff game. They failed against the best team in the NFC twice, right. San Francisco 49ers. How much right. did what you saw is conservative decision-making and a lack of ability to make plays with his legs like he used to? How much did that have to do with those two big failures? Yeah, not a lot. You know, they were so overmatched in some of those games, it didn't really, you know, boil to the surface in that game where I went, oh, you know, Rodgers, you know, missed a few opportunities. He just can't miss them against a team like San Francisco. There was – you know, really, in the first game on the Monday night football game, the team let him down early. There was some drop passes and some things like that where, you know, it might have gave them a chance to be a little bit more competitive. The second time around, you know, the offense needed to be more uh, more aggressive and creative. There wasn't anything there to be had. I didn't come away from that playoff game, the NFC Championship, going, oh, if Rodgers just would have hit these few throws early, the game would have been different. No, they were completely outmatched. You know, again, this is a team that was 13-3 and three and in the Super Bowl conversation because of number 12 at quarterback. They were not a 13-3 and three football team. They were a 10-6 and six football team, in my opinion. But they went 13-3 and three because they have one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play uh, on their team and certainly one of the best in the game right now. And that, that's where I don't want to get it mixed up. The guy is still awesome. And he's still yeah. arguably the most gifted thrower passer in the game. I mean, there's no offense. There's no play. Nothing exists other than maybe the Lamar Jackson offense that, that Aaron Rodgers couldn't run. And he can make every throw off of every platform to a degree uh, of like there's only a few people in the history of the league that, that can do it to what he does.
Yeah, and I'm going to continue to play this yeah, but game because I'm from the Midwest. I know how Packers fans feel. On one hand, it's a huge compliment that at his age, he's still in the top three quarterbacks in the game. But the fact that he dropped to, I mean, you've you've talked about the fact that they won 13 games. They won the division. Uh, He was over 60% again, 26 touchdowns, four picks. I still have the vision of the playoff game against Seattle. Those perfect deep passes. Perfect. Not good. Perfect, highly difficult passes. So, there is a lot of room to push back and say, okay, it's nice he's third, but this guy shouldn't have dropped two spots. Well, yeah, I, I hear you. You're fine to push me back, but you're not going to make me mad pushing back you know, on the, my favorite quarterback. On Aaron Rodgers, right. Yeah, yeah he's, my, he's my favorite. I mean, I don't try to make any so, bones so, about it. Right, and so how, how – and that's another just curious question. How difficult is it for you just as a fan? I mean, outside of Phil Simms, this is your favorite quarterback of all time. How yes. hard is it to be objective with him for you? Yeah, very hard. I had to have a lot of talks in my brain as I was going through this and doing this and, you know, going back and forth. And it just, yes, you know, I love him, but I try not to let that influence, you know, what I'm seeing on the field. And again, special, yes, he fell two spots. But as we know, the two guys we're about to talk about are yeah. damn special too. But don't get it, like, Paul, what you said, some of those throws in the Seahawks game. We're still talking about one of the best, you know, outside-the-number throwers in the game. Fades, back shoulders, out routes, you know. Then you get into the deep post and just the go routes. They're still off the charts good. So you're right, Mm -hmm. and you certainly could argue it. Uh, I'm not trying to deny that. I just think that, you know, the two guys in front of him right now are – more in their prime and going this way. And Rodgers is kind of on that plateau slash I'm going down the other way. And here's the other big question I'll get, because I think we need to address this. I know people last year were going, well, why did you have Rodgers one and Mahomes two last year? You know, Mahomes was 50 touchdown passes that year and the, the MVP of the league. I'll tell you why, because Yes, even though last year Mahomes might have had greater playmaking ability and and highlight real type of plays, you know, I still thought there was some plays left on the field. And even though he had the advantage on Rodgers in the playmaking department last year, and I'm talking about the 2018 season, it wasn't enough to overcome because Rodgers is still making a lot of plays, not enough to overcome what I thought was Rodgers' clear advantage in experience at that time. And that's why last year in my 2019 rankings, I went Rodgers one, Mahomes two, because I'm a believer that if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback and the AFC championship game against the Patriots, he wouldn't have been fooled in the first half by some of the things the Patriots did to him. And he would have tore them up. He would Tyree kill and Kelsey. And I, and, and you know, it took Mahomes and Andy Reid a little time to figure out what was being done to them on the offensive side of the ball to where, you know, at that point in time, I don't think you could have tricked Rodgers with that game plan. And I think he would have exposed it and Belichick would have been like, all right, he's on to us. We got to readjust. I mean, it was too late in the third quarter until Kansas City really figured out what was going on and Mahomes was figuring out what coverage was going on. So that's to answer that question. I've seen that out there before too. So what will it take from him? What do you have to see? Because I know how much you like Deshaun Watson at four, Lamar Jackson at five, Carson Wentz at six, and those guys are on their way up. Maybe Aaron isn't. How likely is it that he hangs on to that three spot as opposed to fall behind some of those other talented young quarterbacks? 
I, I don't think it's going to be easy to overtake them for those guys. I don't. You know, again, it's like, like I'm talking about. I don't, I'm not trying to say Rodgers is falling off the planet here. I still think it's it's still really high-level football. And, yeah, those guys are talented. But, again, you know, when you're just talking about a thrower, a passer, whatever it is, Rodgers is still as good as anybody in the game. He is. I mean, he's got every club in the bag. And within every club, he's got a few different ways in which he can eat, hit each club. You know, he can, he can get the pitching wedge out and dribble it on the green and let it roll. Or he could hit the, get the pitching wedge out and hit it 70 feet in the air like Phil Mickelson and then drop it right next to the hole, too. He's got it all for every club. Um, so, listen, I'm not sitting here thinking like, oh, Lamar and Wentz are definitely going to pass him up next year. No. I think you're going to have a highly, highly motivated Aaron Rodgers for the 2020 season. Maybe this will give him the extra nudge that he needed now <laughs> to really piss him off and get him That's motivated right. for 2020. You guys are no longer <laughs> friends. Yeah. No, he's, he's done with me you after off the list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have at five, Lamar Jackson, four, Deshaun Watson, three, Aaron Rodgers, down from one. Uh, we know it's uh, Mahomes and Wilson or Wilson and Mahomes. Who do you got it to? Well, it's Russell Wilson at number two, right? Russell Wilson. Let's start respecting the greatness of number three up at Seattle. Because Where's the song? Where's the Russell I Wilson mean, song? I know. I don't have one for Russell. I need to come up with You know, he's married to a singer. She's got to do something around here. You know? It's a lack of come respect on, Sierra, for Russell Wilson, Come up Wilson, with a man. song for your husband, and then I'll sing it after she comes up I with like it. your songs better. No, no, no. We need one of your originals. <laughs> Okay, I can I can think of it. Those ones just came to me naturally, so I'll have to think about this in my okay. time off. Um, Work on it. But really, Russell Wilson, he's one of the greatest one-man shows in the NFL. I mean, he does everything for his football team, let alone plays quarterback for a team that doesn't play a quarterback-friendly style of football. I mean, what's that mean? It's the, well, it's the exact opposite of fucking being quarterback-friendly. It means Pete Carroll's a defensive coach. Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. You know, we're going to run it. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. Oh, shit. We're down by 10 at the end of the third quarter. Hey, Russell, here's the ball. We're going to put it in your hands now. Take over the game. Oh, okay. Here comes the Seahawks coming back. I mean, really, one of my negatives with Russell Wilson would be almost team-related. I don't know if I have a whole lot. I'll get into some of the negatives, but – you know, they got to get out of this mold of, like, we're still the Legion of Boom in 2013. You know, right. put the ball in Russell's hands from start to finish in every game. Put the pressure on teams that way. You know, they do this where, like I just said, they run the ball, they play defense, and a lot of the times they're you look up in the third quarter and they're tied or losing by three to a team that they, they should be blowing out. And I think a lot of that's because of the style of the play, and they almost handcuffed. Russell Wilson that way. But, you know, just it's like, like you've, you've seen, seen my notes games. here. Well, it's good. like Go you've ahead. seen my Go notes. My, my, my number one question, how much blame should he have for the fact that every single week in the fourth quarter it's a close game? And no, you've already answered that. It's, it's none. I mean, it's none. I want to say if the blame is on the Seahawks and some of those games wouldn't be close in the fourth quarter if they would just go, here, Russell, here's the game from the start of the first quarter, take over, and let's go. And I, I hopefully the last two playoff losses will 
get them to realize that because that's what's happened two years ago in Dallas last year in Green Bay. They tried to go up there and do their normal thing of we're going to run the ball, play defense, manage the game. And they get down to such an extent that it's just a little too much for even Russell Wilson to overcome in a playoff game. And again, with what I would say, an offense that's not necessarily the most creative passing game in football. I mean, it's very elementary. And Russell Wilson, he makes it happen with pinpoint throwing. He might be the best deep ball thrower in the game. And then, of course, we know his ad-libbing and ability to escape the pocket and his just, I mean, I don't know. You tell me this. Like, and we know who's going to be number one now that we've hit number two. You know, four, three minutes left in the game, and you're down by three or four points. I, who is it? Who would you rather have the ball in football in the NFL right now other than Russell Wilson? I mean, I know he's in your top two or three. I don't even have to guess that. But who right. else is in your mind for there? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd put Aaron Rodgers in there. I, I'd, I'd right. put the guy you have at number one um, right, right there as well. But but Wilson, time after time, it's almost just like normal. It, it's like a, it's like an NBA game, which you're not watching right now. But no matter what's happening in the second quarter, you know you're going to turn it on with a minute left in the game, and it's going to be close. And that's exactly. like what you get with Russell Wilson. And hey, 75, 80 percent of the time, it seems like he wins. It, it does. It's, it's unbelievable. He is a so, force of nature. Yeah. How, how much how much of this uh, lack of a quarterback friendly offense has to do with the scheme, which you've talked about a little bit. But how about the personnel as well? I mean, they have in their three deep, not just two deep in their three deep. If you go really deep on their roster right now, they have two players for skill positions, tight end receiver, running back that they selected in the first or second round. They've got Rashad Penny and DK Metcalf. That's it. That is all you see there. I, it's, uh, I, I, it's, it's been something I've tried to argue for a long, long time. Now, I think they're starting to improve that personnel. We saw the offensive line get a little bit better last year. You know, DK Metcalf with Lockett, you know, that's a pretty good explosive tandem at the receiver position. You know, you're right. The Rashad Penny thing, he's never been able to get off the ground. You know, Chris Carson... He's coming off a pretty serious injury, too. I think there's a big, like, a big part of me, too, that thinks this year they might be forced early in the year to do what I'm saying because of some of the injuries at the running back position where they might have to go, wait, we can't play defense and run the ball. We're going to have to throw the ball from get-go. And I think, like, to answer the bigger question, they just need to do more in the pass game. There's just not enough. The, the, the scheme is very simple. It is you know, a lot of four verticals or, you know, deep cross with the post over the top, like just basic plays that all NFL teams have are really the go-to plays for the Seattle Seahawks. And because Russell can buy time and he's such an awesome down the field thrower that it doesn't matter that a lot of these teams have seen these plays and they go, Oh, they're in this formation. They're going to run this play. Oh, that's great. But now you got to cover DK Metcalf. And then why you do that? Can you do that? Can you stop a perfect throw that's going to be dropped in his pocket while in doing that? Yeah, that was great. You knew the play, but you got to stop the two guys to make it happen first. And it's easier said than done. And yeah, I wish they would find more short, easy completions, um, more versatility in formations and things like that. Stop trying. Their run game is quite creative. 
I just wish they'd put a little more eggs into the pass game basket. And I think they're going to need to because I don't think their defense is going to turn the corner this year and go into, like, top ten in football. I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be a middle-of-the-road defense once again, and I think Russell Wilson's going to have to make it happen. If they want to get deeper in the playoffs, they need to strengthen, I think, that part of their team and play through that more. They did. They did sign some, uh, I don't even want to say recent, but former first-round draft picks from other teams. Carlos Hyde at running back. Greg Olson is in at tight end. Yeah. Philip Dorsett is their wide receiver. So um, we'll see if those um, th- those guys were talented at one point or so talented to be first-round picks. Greg Olson had a wonderful career. We'll see if they can still play. Uh, here's my question about Russell Wilson, uh, because he will be defined this way to me. We know he's a wonderful individual player. He's won a Super Bowl. But here going forward, it's going to be about Russell Wilson against San Francisco. So number three against the Niners defense – Right now, for the next two years, it's advantage who? That's it's a tough one. Um, it's, it's, like, it's like a stalemate. You know, I, I don't know what to say there. The 49ers have the perfect person, the perfect personnel to really contain a guy like Russell Wilson. I mean, oh, you know, really fast front seven that can – you know, get after the quarterback and not let him buy a lot of extra time and make plays that way. But we saw it doesn't matter. You know, in both games, as the game got later and later, Russell Wilson just, he's going to make it happen. Whether he just drops back deep and buys time. Like this is, this is to me, Paul, where he's special. And I'm glad you brought me here with this question because I almost forgot it. He's really, really rare. And the fact that he can read the coverage and the defensive line at the same time. You know, mm. all those times we sit there and go, man, it's like he's Houdini. He's got a sixth sense or he's got eyes behind his head. No, he doesn't. He's just so freaking awesome that he can look downfield, look at DK Madcap and the coverage. And then as he's looking, he can take little peeks to see what's around him. And to me, that's mind-blowing. I mean, it's just unbelievable yeah. that he does that. And then, of course, he leads to not a lot of turnovers and a lot of high-level throws. But that's really a special attribute he has, which allows him to escape guys like D Ford and Nick Bosa and all those right. type of things. So, no, this is going to – I don't know who has the advantage is what I'm telling you. I think that's going to be a tight one here for the next few years. Well, it, it sounds to me like like you said it was advantage Russell Wilson. Am I, am I think I so. Right I think it is. Okay. I'm not going against That's, Russell. You're right. When, right. Yeah. When your organization literally plays every game to go, yeah. we're just going to play to get the ball to Russell last. I think that just yeah. tells you. I mean, Pete Carroll's been around the block a lot, college, NFL, whatever it may be. I mean, he literally plays a game week 17, Paul. They're down by 10 points late in the third quarter and they're still running the clock and running the ball down to four seconds every time on the play clock. Like they're winning the game. Like they're like, Oh, we're down 10, but this isn't a big deal. We'll, we'll hang in there and we're going to give the ball to Russell late and we'll pull this out. Like we always do. I mean, that's fucking insane, but it fucking works. It's, it's unbelievable. And you know, last thing we'll say about him. I've never seen anybody with his throwing motion as successful as he is in the NFL. Right. You know, he's a pure baseball thrower over the top. Sorry. I got sweaty. Way over the top. Yeah. But I saw that. I saw that. It's hot. It's humid out here. I know. 
I know. Way over the top. I mean, he's really one of the only guys in football that throws the ball that way. He's really one of the only guys I've ever seen in the history of football that throws the ball that way and that makes successful. it work. Yeah. yeah I remember right? watching him, uh, watching him from the field, the senior bowl and at the combine and just being fixated on that. Cause I, I saw him from field level playing during college, but then when watching, uh, watching him when he's just throwing, he's not managing a yeah. game, that motion, I, I couldn't get away from it. I'm like, he, he's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. All the other wonderful qualities about him. He's going to be overthrowing receivers left and right with the fact that it's so over the top and there's kind of that hitch at the back of it as well. Um, right. So I, it's a nerdy quarterback thing, but I think about that all the time when I'm watching him. How about he's getting away with that motion where you know 99% of other quarterbacks who were that over the top with that loop in it wouldn't make it happen. No, it, it's, it's really it – just it speaks to his, his athleticism, his feel for the football. You know, he just got great feel and he knows how to, you know, yeah, it's not perfect technically, but he knows how to get it out of his hand at the, like the proper point every time. I mean, you know, he drops it, does that. It, yeah, it's, yes. it's really crazy in how he does it. Uh, it is. And, you know, again, I don't know if there's really a negative about his game, like I've said. You know, he, he's got that mm-hmm. point of his career where if I was being picky – I think there's some times where he could be a little more aggressive down the middle of the field with like, you know, maybe a tight end 15 yards down the middle or somebody else just right over the middle. I think at times he has a little bit of a hard time because of his size seeing that perfectly. And then instead of taking the chance, he just goes, eh, I don't know about it. I'm not sure if I'm seeing everything. Let me move on to somebody else. Are there some plays missed from like that standpoint from time to time? Yes, but it's minute, and nobody's perfect. Everybody's got mm-hmm. a little weakness or something they could get better at. That would be my little tweak with, with Russell Wilson. And you mentioned it a little bit, but he's the one guy in the NFL who you can see literally glancing at the defensive line in the middle of a play. He's been in the pocket for a second and a half or two seconds, and he can go from there to staying in the pocket or leaving the pocket, and you would never coach it that way, but he's found a way to make it work for him. Yes, he, he really has. I mean, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's a savant. You know, from day one, he's just, he's got unbelievable self-belief, you know, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really, I don't know. You could argue he's the clutchest quarterback in football, and I think you'd name the right names. You said Mahomes, Rodgers. Those are the other guys that I would probably mm-hmm. go in that discussion. We know Brady's that clutch, too. Now, Brady doesn't have the talent those guys do, but certainly right. has the clutch factor, but uh, yeah, I just think if I look at it and I go, man, you're down by 10 and you got to take one quarterback in football right now in the fourth quarter, uh, it, it might be Russell Wilson because he can pull a rabbit out of his ass at, at any moment. Well, he's the one, it seems like, with the most experience. that He's doing it most Sundays, no matter who the competition is. Okay, yeah. up to number one. It would it'd be fun to have some suspense here, but obviously there is zero sus- suspense just an explanation as to why this guy's on top. My homie, my homie, our homie, my homie. Whenever he's on, I watch my homie, my homie, my homie, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and me. Yep, that's my song for him. Yes. Yep, thank you very much. Thank yeah. you. Please, Strong please, finish. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Where do you start? First off, I think this is where you start, Paul. I mean – there, there is no weakness to Patrick Mahomes' game right now. There's none. I don't, there, I don't care. 
There's there's literally nothing. I can say the fact that, that he falls away, kind of falls back, doesn't set his feet. And when he no. starts missing the target, then I'll start complaining about it. Right. But it just it doesn't fucking matter. He hits right. the target. Yeah. I've right. never seen anybody like it in my life. You know, just you know, again, yeah, you'd like it from the quarterback school standpoint of him being a little bit more strict technique wise, but it's what makes him him. And he certainly, when the technique is right, I mean, come on, it's a walk in the park, but it's, you know, to what you're, you know, it's the Super Bowl throw. Oh, it's, you know, a 14 yard drop off his back foot and then a 55 yard throw. Like what? The, don't do that. But you know, it doesn't matter for him. It's, it's on the screws almost every time he does it. So that's right. where it's special. I mean, he's truly a special, special talent, Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's the most creative thrower I've ever seen. And that's crazy because Aaron Rodgers is really creative. But I've never seen a guy who could just do it more different ways, sidearm, no look, just like flick it with his wrist. Uh, he's got more delivery points and ability to get it done than anybody I've ever seen play quarterback in my life. I have written down here to ask after arm strength, what is his second best quality? And if creative thrower counts as number two, that, that that's an awfully good, that's a great counter punch to have. It, it is. I think, you know, that that's a, first off, that's a great question. I think the other thing too would be, I, I do the, I think this is another aspect that I love his deep drop, you know, he floats like a butterfly and stings like yep. a bee at quarterback. He's, he's like, I don't even call it a drop. You know, he just floats back there. It's unlike any other quarterback in football. And this is, it's, it's really, in a lot of ways, brilliant. Because, of course, he is very athletic. He can make you miss, okay? He really gives himself room between himself and the rushers. Why? Two things it does. One, he gives himself room. It gives him more time to evaluate the guy who's coming up field to get him and make him miss. Two, the other thing it does is it does buy him time with all the deep routes they have down the field. Three, it really opens up the pass rush lanes. So then if nobody is open and he makes that guy miss, all of a sudden he's running up in the pocket and there's nobody around him or he's stepping up in the pocket or he's scrambling to run. To me, that might be the second most effective thing he does. Yeah, the arm and the deep throws or all that are special, but the the uniqueness of his drop. I mean, I wish I could stand up, but I mean, you you can picture it in your mind. He gets a shotgun and there's no steps and he kind of just floats around and goes this way and goes that way. And you're just like, I don't know what he's doing, <laughs> but oh, zoom, there goes a 40-yard completion. Sure, do it again. That sounds good to me. You know, so right. I, I, I don't know, Paul. I mean, do you see a weakness to his game? Is there anything that jumps out to you? Only that uh, drifting, number one, and any other quarterback in the league, you've heard this. If, if you, instead of being seven yards deep or five yards deep, ended up maybe behind your right tackle, maybe behind your left tackle, you'd be screamed at by the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator. I'm sure he's let to get away with it because a 40-yard dart is coming up or a 30-yard dart. So, uh, or the fact that he falls away. I brought that up right away. Falls away on his throws all the time. But when you look at the results, do you really try and fix it? I mean, so like if there is a training camp this year and let's say 
Quarterbacks are breaking up. They're on their own. You get Patrick Mahomes for 15 minutes to work on improvement. Are you telling him to step into his passes more to stop falling away? Are you telling him on his drop to end up behind his center instead of between the right tackle and the tight end a couple yards away from where he was supposed to be? I don't know. What are you working on with him? I, not, not a lot. And, you know, from everything I know is he's pretty perfect with these type of things in practice. You know, I don't think it's the thing that he does like. I think it's something that happens on game day with his feel a little bit. And he kind of just feels the pass rush and the coverage and, and moves around that way. So, yeah, it's not like the ideal teaching session if you're going to sit there and teach a young kid. Definitely not. But it's hard to really argue with what he does in the results. And, you know, to me, I think the other thing is he – this is where, to me, this is where him and Aaron Rodgers are special. And, you know, Rodgers more in the prime of his career. But they manipulate the pass rush, not the other way around. Hmm. The pass rush does not manipulate them. Because of their ability to move and dance around, a lot of the times they – the pass rush – is like scared to go get him because of that. Because they just go, man, let's just stay here and stay in the pocket and not let him create these huge lanes and then buy more time to then where now our, our DBs have to cover Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey that much longer. You know, it really is like an innate, just natural sixth sense or whatever you want to call it that he has. Um, but you're right, it's not textbook, but it doesn't right. matter. And when he does need to stand in there and make that type of throw, a la the fade to Sammy Watkins down the right sideline in the Super Bowl against the Kansas, I mean, against the 49ers, mm -hmm. it's, he does it. It's on the money. And on the money, too, and not the perfect spiral thrower. You know, he's not like right. a, a perfect, like, tight Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson type spiral thrower, but – the ball is so usually accurately delivered uh, that it doesn't matter. It's okay. You know, because yeah. he's, got a, he's got one of the greatest hands, what I would call it. Me and my dad call it a hand. You know, one of the greatest hands I've seen in the history of the game at the quarterback position. What I mean by that is just a, his ability to flick it. It just looks like he's flick it. Oh, there's people around me. Ah. Oh, I got to throw a fade. Yeah, my mechanics aren't perfect, but I just got great feel for the ball in my hand. Huh, and he throws it like that. And you're just like, what? Is he throwing that? Or what the hell is he doing? But, oh, it doesn't matter. It's on the money. Let's keep moving and talk about something else. You know, I, I just, he's, he, he's amazing like that. He really is. It's almost like it's a, a, it could be called wrist as well with the flick of the wrist. wrist right. Know, yes, hand, exactly hand works right. as well, too. You, right, a couple right. moments ago, you mentioned three quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Those are your second, third, and fourth-ranked quarterbacks. If either one of those guys were playing for Andy Reid in that offense, do you think they'd be number one instead of Mahomes? No, I don't. Uh, they, they might certainly be better stats, you know, certainly the support system around them. Hey, let's, let's not get it messed up. Yeah, Mahomes has some special guys around him. But I think Mahomes' ability to throw the deep ball and not and to be able to throw it like we've already talked about, off his back foot, running sideways, running left, running right, running forward, jumping in the air. You know, he can just take advantage of some of those plays to a degree that the others can't right now. And then 
you know, I also think, yes, his deep drop and his ability to deliver the ball in so many different ways is just special compared to those guys right now. Whether it's no look, sidearm, whatever it is, uh, it's it's like he's like a Harlem Globetrotter with that football in his hand. So, um, you know, no, not at this point of his career. I think it's all worked right now to where Mahomes is the man. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Sorry to all those out there. I don't think number one is going to be up for grabs for a while. I expect Mahomes to have a little bit of a, like a Aaron Rodgers type run as far as my list is concerned, where I think uh, sitting here realistically on June 23rd, 2020, I think that we'll be sitting saying the same thing on June 23rd, 2029. We're still going to be going, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Let me tell you why. And we'll be able to play this tape over again and just go, okay, I'm going home. See it. You got the tape. Let's go. It feels like the only one who's likely, and it, you can also make the argument that he could move up, but the only one with a chance to, to move down is Roger because of the age thing. These other guys in the top five are, are not even in the middle of their progression. They might still be on the way up. Right. Right. I, you're definitely, when you talk about Lamar and Deshaun Watson, and really I think if, Seattle did more offensively to expand Russell Wilson's arsenal of what mm-hmm. he could do on that side of the ball and even like give him, you know, again, like Russell Wilson's one of those guys where I'd go, he doesn't even know what he doesn't know. That's what's crazy. You know, there's, he, he's looking at Tom Brady and the Patriots and Drew Brees going, man, Man, they get a lot of six-yard completions wide open. Man, they get a lot of 10-yard completions wide open. And he's just – he, he he's going to be like, I don't get it. I don't understand how they're getting open. And I want to be like, yeah, because they're teaching and doing some other things and calling these plays in certain situations that are allowing those guys to be wide open at times that your offense isn't doing. Or you just don't have the concept quite down the right way to the way they do to where they're getting open. So – uh, I think Russell Wilson, to your point, is what I'm saying here. It could still go like this, too, if they come out with a little more offensive creativity around him. Well, he's eight years in, so I guess, I mean, the more I thought about it, you, you could say he's kind of right in the middle yeah, of his arc. Right. But, the, but the way guys are playing in their late 30s, maybe he's still on the uptick as well. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So you got the, the, the sound thing figured out there? Can you hear me okay? I'm good. Good. Yep. Awesome. They died out. I That's know the game. I know we've gone past the... Uh... Oh, yeah, we've, we've been going a it's while. A, it, it, it's a good time to get into the quarterback jeopardy. So to recap your top five, Lamar Jackson was five, Deshaun Watson at four, Aaron Rodgers three, Russell Wilson two, and Patrick Mahomes at one. Bringing us to, you know what time of the podcast it is now, Chris? Quarterback Ooh. jeopardy. Yeah, Last baby. one of the summer. Okay, we got right. a little bit of a different twist here. Okay, so... Yep. Pay close attention to the fine line and the rules here. So the five answers here, the five answers that you're going to need to come up with, they're all from the pool of these top five quarterbacks with the addition, just so the process of elimination won't be your friend too much. There is one wild card. There was one quarterback who fell out of the top five last year. Don't say his name. If he comes to mind, he is also in play. So the okay. top five quarterbacks of this year, the one who fell out from last year, those are your six candidates for correct answers to these five questions. Okay. You good? I'm trying, I'm trying to think of my who the who the <laughs> hell fell out of my top five from last year. I'm like, wait, I'm just trying to get this list down. I'll give you I'll give you a few seconds to think about that. So there was a guy in your top five last year who was not in your top five this year, and he just might show up as an answer here. To one of these five questions okay okay All right, cool I, th- I think i got it i think i'm good okay I think, okay i think so again the five we're talking about now mahomes wilson watson rogers and jackson plus the wild card who shall remain nameless for a little bit for 100 points which quarterback started every game of his nfl career Ooh. There is a quarterback on today's list of top five who has not missed a start. Who is he? Well, okay. I just want to, because there's, there, I want to ask you a question here, but hold on. Let yeah. me just think about this. Because, like, technically Lamar Jackson hasn't missed a start when he started playing, but he was a backup for Flacco. Sure. So you're not counting that. I think you're, this is Russell Wilson here all the way, There you right? go. You're okay. right on it. One for one. Yeah. Line drive up the Thank middle you. with the first at bat. The Thank rest you. of them are and, easy. And, you know, it's pretty amazing, too. I know. With the way he plays. Right. Right. It really yeah. is. So, it, including the playoffs, it's 143 consecutive games for him to start. Respect, man. Tip of the cap That's to respect. him. It really is. There you go. 200 points. Which quarterback had an amazing 36-6 to touchdown-to-interception ratio this year? but through five of his six picks in back-to-back games. Ooh, well, 36 and six, I believe was Lamar Jackson, right? Stop right there. Two for two. Bam. I'm on fire. Yeah. Woo. I like when you I narrow did. this down to just the five or six guys I have to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Might've gotten too cute. I'm, I, yeah. Mark Bolger, Mark Bolger is not on it this week. He does not show Thank up. Rich you. Gannon does not show up. He will not be anywhere on the list here. Okay, for 300 points and already with 300 in the bag, all, all five of your top five quarterbacks played in the postseason last year. Which one of them completed exactly 23 of 35 passes, not once, but twice in the playoffs? 
Wow. 23 of 35. Well, so it has to be a team that, so it's got to be a team that played twice there. So we there know it's not, yeah. we know it's not Lamar Jackson. Uh, ooh, I'm just trying to think here. Did, uh, Rogers and okay. I'm going to say, Ooh, this is a tough one. So who have you eliminated from the list? Well, I've took, eliminated you Lamar. I've eliminated Lamar. I'm eliminating Aaron Rodgers because okay. I don't think he went. I don't think he went 23 or 35 in that NFC Championship game, and those were the two guys. But I don't know the way the face you're making right no, now is, no. is scaring me. I, I might have just saw your poker, poker face. face there. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I might have saw it. Uh, let's see. So to me, I, I think it's got to be between Watson and Wilson. I'm going to say, and I'm going to go. With Russell Wilson. No, that's not the one. Patrick Mahomes. It is Mahomes. Mahomes went 23 out of 35 against Houston and Tennessee. He did. Damn. Wow, that's funny. That's 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 actually hilarious that, that he did that Pete, two games in a row. Pete just got in my ear, very defeated. He goes, it's a tough one. That was that was a tough one. I think he was at home pulling for you. They go five for five. He just let him down. Uh, it's about time he pulled for me. Usually he's rooting against he's me. pulling against you, yeah. Okay, you're still doing well. You're two out of three. For 400 points, there is a rivalry game in the Pac-12 called Big Game. This quarterback once went 10 for 30 in that game in a dismal loss to his arch rival. Who is he? All right, say the start of that again. You broke up. You said it was the big game okay. and what? Was it the pack the pack what? Here we go. Yep. The pack 12? I will, I will, I'll repeat it again. There okay. is a rivalry game in the Pac-12 called Big Game. This quarterback once went 10 for 30 in that game in a dismal loss to his arch rival. Who is he? Well, I got to think that's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, as I go through my top five quarterbacks, you know, and again, this is maybe this is where the guy from last year is going to play into this, but he's the only guy in the Pac-12 who the you know what's what's really driving me crazy is I can't think of who was in my top five all the way at quarterback oh. last year. So I'm sitting here panicking. So it's either him and I think Andrew Luck was number five, right? So it's Luck or Rogers. I think it's got to be one of those two. And what is the big game? Damn, I don't know. See, this is where it's East Coast biased. I'm okay. not sure which okay. game that is. If that's Cal USC, if it's Stanford Cal. Um, if you, you know, so, with the, the way your face looked, I'm going with Andrew Luck is my final answer. Pete, Pete, after all that at weaving around, and he, and he ended up there, we giving it to him? It's allowed. It is Andrew Luck. There you go. Way to go. <laughs> he <laughs> went 10 for 30? And again, that was a circuitous route to, to Andrew Luck. Yeah, he went 10 for 30 with a pick. Yeah. He didn't come wow. back and beat Cal twice. Um, he threw the pick late in the game. But, yeah, big game, Cal, Stanford. Yeah, that's the even, big Even game. a North Jersey that. guy should know that. Come on. I, you're right. right. I do know that. Now that you say it, you know, again, I'm, I'm choking under the pressure. I don't know what else to say. I was choking on the pressure. Right, I couldn't though. think of who my number five quarterback was last year. I yeah. was all flustered. Yeah. I think Andrew Luck was four last year, and obviously he yeah. dropped down. Yeah. So he. Yeah. Okay. In the end, though, in the end, though, you got it right. You you, you got three out of four. Okay. Thank Setting you, you up Thank for you. the for the five hundred point question.
two quarterbacks wore the number eight in college. Which ones? Okay, so Lamar was eight in college. Lamar Jackson for sure. All right. Yeah. Now, I know Watson wasn't. Um, I don't think Russell Wilson was, but I'm starting to get, guess that a little bit. Didn't Aaron Rodgers wear eight at Cal? I think it's Lamar and Aaron Rodgers. Ding, ding, ding. You finished with the bang, man. You got them both. I was man. worried you are going to go Russell Wilson there because Russell Wilson did have a different number at Wisconsin. I think he was 16. Right. Yeah. I, I, that's what was going through my brain. I was like, what number did he wear at Wisconsin? I couldn't get a mental image. And I thought yeah. I remembered Rodgers in eight, but I wasn't sure See, either. I didn't. I didn't. I, I was looking at Rodgers' uh, big game highlights, uh, trying to find some things he'd done, he had done. I'm like, he wore number eight at Cal. It's I didn't weird. remember that. I'm like, there's no way Chris is going to know that. It's showing up on the questions. And you got it. Where'd he go? You don't think I know about my favorite quarterback of all time? How dare you? You didn't, you didn't know his biggest rivalry game. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't. Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> and that's it. You, you finished up getting four out of five. Very well Thanks, done. Thanks, man. I mean, what a great day. Good, get four out yeah. of five. I'm done with the Chris Sims top 40. I know I got to deal with it a little on Thursday when Ahmed's back. Probably We're a lot. Gonna open it up. AMAs, anything, any questions you want about my rankings, all that. So I know I got some defending of my rankings still to do. Uh, but it was yeah. fun, Paul. And I like really appreciate you throughout the whole process, asking For the sure. right questions, shitting on me when appropriate to bring Sometimes. up points. Sometimes. That's what a good host does. <laughs> That's why we work well together. But uh, you the man, Paulie B. And, um, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for it. The QB Jeopardy has been a great addition to the podcast, and I'm looking forward to it. Let's see if you can keep your Alex Trebek skills we'll keep it sharp going. all summer yeah. long, all right? All right. Yep. That's it for the Chris Sims Unbuttoned Podcast. I'm Chris Sims, Paulie Burmeister, you the man. We got more coming for you on Thursday. Send questions in, please. And going to have the big fucker on on Thursday. He took a two-week sabbatical. I think he's back in the fold. So if you want to throw some questions into the big fucker, throw it back at him. Let's get it going. Hope everybody's good. Be good out there. Peace. I'm out. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.